Genesis 27, Nancy gave a, a lovely introduction. It is about Jacob. This chapter has has its theme, Jacob and Rebekah conniving, conniving to get the blessing of Isaac for Jacob. It's the blessing which Isaac intended for Esau, the oldest of the twins. But God had it all planned. Even before Jacob and Esau were born, God had this all planned. It was his idea that there should there would be twins and that they would be the heads of two nations. And it was clear that the oldest would serve the younger for the reason that Jacob should have a divine inheritance, not a natural one, controlled by the customs and the decrees of men. There are two important lessons that we should get out of this account today. There are probably more, but but I'm just going to dwell on two. First is that God has a plan. God always has a plan. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows the end before the beginning. He has a plan, and, and he's fully able to carry it, carry it out. He really doesn't need our help. And second, that even though we take matters into our own hands and cause trouble, trouble that sometimes forestalls God, gets in his way, yet God will carry out his plan in spite of us. I remember when I uh, took my firstborn home and I had worked many already four or five years in the newborn nursery and handled hundreds of babies. But when I took my firstborn home, I said to the doctor, I'm really, I'm kind of scared. And he said, you don't need to worry. He said, he'll grow up in spite of you. (laughs) So God will have his way. He will carry out his plans. Jacob's grasping disposition caused him to do many things that brought great trouble upon himself, unnecessary trouble. And it was largely due to the influence of his mother. Because if you remember, Jacob was a mama's boy. But if she had taught him properly, if she had taught him that God had ordained before his birth that he should have the birthright, and that God would bring it to pass in due due season, if he would be faithful and wait on the Lord, if she'd have taught him that, then both he and Rebekah would have escaped much, much sorrow. And Jacob would have had his place in the patriarchal uh, line, even with more favor than his older brother. So we've seen in chapter 26 that Jacob was an outstanding man. He was a great man. Abimelech, the Philistine king, had come to make a treaty with him, if you remember last week's lesson, since the king feared him. But Jacob was patient. He was peace-loving. And yet he was prominent and he was powerful. And he just moved on, didn't pay any attention to Abimelech, Made no treaty with him, just trusted God. Here, however, in our lesson today, we see a weakness in the flesh of Jacob when he's tempted. And we learn that no good ever results from doing evil. 
Nancy very well went, took us to Proverbs and told us what the seven things that God hates. And the first one was a lying tongue. So by this time, Isaac's twin sons are 57 years old. Esau's married. Esau married, married two women, in fact, and they were both Hittites. But Jacob hadn't yet gotten married. Isaac is 138 years old now, and he's thinking he's beginning to feel the infirmities of old age, although he lived 40 years after this took place. So knowing this, he begins to think about getting his house in order. So he sent for Esau, his oldest son, and in order to give him the traditional blessing, the family birthright, he was ready to devolve the care of his family upon, the, upon Esau, his oldest son. And as was the custom when this, when this um, ceremony took place, there was always a feast. So Isaac proposed a feast to bestow upon Esau, uh, Esau the birthright blessing, which would have made Esau the head of the family. You see... Isaac apparently didn't know about Esau's sale of the birthright to Jacob. He was totally in the dark about it. And most likely Esau himself had forgotten about this transaction with Jacob because he wasn't too interested anyway. In addition to this, he had brought home two Canaanite wives to his father's covenant camp which was a great disappointment to Isaac and to Rebekah because this this uh, rendered him totally unfit to be the, the head for all times of the nation with the glorious spiritual and temporal promises that God had made to Abraham. But apparently all this had been forgotten, had been just uh, swept under the rug, Isaac felt the need to now confer upon his oldest son this divine birthright with the blessing. And it was always done with a ceremony, with a great feast. So this was the custom that whenever confirming birthrights or covenants or blessings, they had a big feast. So Isaac felt he could not confirm Isaac's right to, re- to receive the birthright without a meal provided for this this specific pur- purpose by him who was to receive the blessing. That's Esau. So he asked Esau to go out and hunt for the day, go out hunt deer, which is what he loved to do anyway, spend the day out, bring some venison back, cook it up, make a delicious meal, and at the feast, Isaac would give the birthright blessing to Esau. But it seems that Rebekah overheard Isaac's conversation with Esau. She overheard his plan to give Esau the birthright. So immediately, she starts, she arranges to outwit Isaac and to get the birthright for Jacob, her favorite son. Who would have, who would ever have thought, who would ever have thought this of Rebekah? This sweet, sweet Rebekah who loved Isaac so much. We're just astonished when we see a person of Rebecca's exemplary character devising such a plot as this. 
and a plain man like Jacob executing it in such a determined way. Isaac loved her, and she loved Isaac, yet she forgot, evidently she forgot the order of the home. In the New Testament, we have the order of the home. It's in uh, 2 Corinthians. It's God first, then Jesus, then the husband, then the wife, and then what? The children. But she, 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 rec- she didn't go by this order. She put her son before her husband. And if Rebecca, when she heard Isaac was preparing to give the birthright and the blessing to Esau, if she'd gone to Isaac with humility and with honesty, reminded him of what God had said regarding their sons, if she had told him how Esau had already forfeited the blessing by selling it to to Isaac for a bowl of or Jacob to a bowl of for a bowl of soup, it's very probable that Isaac would have listened to her and he would have agreed to give the blessing to Jacob and Jacob wouldn't have to go and lie and cheat to get it. But God left her to herself to take her own course and he does that with us. Why do you think he leaves us sometimes just to do what we want to do like he did here? Well, it's because He would get the glory and bring good out of evil. And that's what happens sometimes in our lives. He'll let us go ahead and stumble around and make our mistakes. And then he'll step in. He'll forgive us. And he'll get all the glory. So that we might see that though that that there is so much wickedness and deceit in the world, God still governs. God is still sovereign over all. And everything happens according to his will. Because as as Job declared in all of his misery, Job said, With him are strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. The deceived and the deceiver are his. Job 12.16 So the deceived and the deceiver are his. And with this little intro, let's begin our lesson. And let's read together about the disguise in verses 15 through 22. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread which she prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and he said, My father... And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou hast biddest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that my soul may bless thee. And Isaac said to his son, How is it that that's found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said to Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, so I can feel you, my son, whether you be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him. And he said, Well, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. 
So Rebecca had overheard Isaac's plan to give Esau the birthright. As soon as Esau brought him the venison, and she immediately got busy to outwit Isaac. Now remember, Isaac's getting older. His eyesight is very poor. And his smell is not all that good anymore. Not like it used to be. And believe me, Rebecca's going to take advantage of all of these physical infirmities as much as she possibly can. So she sat Jacob down and she said, now, son, I heard you. I heard your father talking to Esau and he told him to go hunting and to bring back a deer and then to prepare delicious venison meal for him. And then... Esau and your father, well, they're going to eat together, and your father's going to bless your brother and give him the birthright. That's their plan. But we aren't going to let that happen. I've got another plan. Evidently, your father doesn't know that Esau has already given the birthright to you. So we can't let him go through with this ceremony. We can't let this happen. And I have a plan to prevent it. We're going to make your father believe that it's Esau that he's blessing, but it's going to be you. So just listen to me, son. Do as I say. Go out to the field, our field out here behind the backyard where the flock of goats are that you are raising and herding. And bring me from that herd two kid goats and I'll make a delicious meal for your father. I'll fix it with all the spices that he loves, and he'll never know the difference. He'll think it's venison that he set be- that that he sent Esau out to get and prepare for him. So now hurry, hurry up, go and do as I say. And in the meantime, she went to Esau's clothes closet. She got out the proper garments that were suitable for occasion like this, a feast. She got out all the garments. So when Jacob came back, she put the goat meat on to cook, and she proceeded to dress Jacob for this transaction. Esau's still out there hunting. But Jacob says to his mother, now wait a minute, mother. My brother's a hairy man, and my skin is smooth and soft. My father's going to feel me. He's going to suspect something. He's going to suspect that he's maybe being deceived. So she puts the skins of the goats on Jacob's hands and she says, this is how it's going to work. I'll put these goat skins on your hands. Let the smoothness and the softness of, of, of your skin betray him. Because remember, when Esau was born, he came out red and hairy. So she covered his hands and his arms and probably most of his face with the skins of the ghosts that were just newly killed. Esau was rough and hairy, and nothing less than this would would serve to make Jacob like him. So now Rebecca is all set. She the, the meat's cooked, the bread is ready. The feast is all ready. She's got Jacob all dressed up. But Jacob seems to still have second thoughts. And he says to his mother, 
Well, wait a minute now. If we go through with this plan, with your plan, Mother, he says, that's going to make me a deceiver. I'm going to be a deceiver. And I'll bring a curse upon myself instead of a blessing. But his mother said, don't worry, son. Don't worry. The curse won't be on you. It'll be on me. So don't worry. Just listen to me. Do as I say. Obey me. And when Esau comes, and do as I say before Esau comes back. So she put the savory meat and the bread which she prepared into Jacob's hands. And she sent him in the next to the bedroom to his father. And as Jacob neared his father, he announced his arrival. And he said, Father. And Isaac said, Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Who are you? Are you my son? My son Esau? And Jacob said, Yes, Father, I'm your son. I'm your firstborn. I've done what you told me to do. I've been out hunting all day for deer to prepare for you just the way you like it with all the spices that you like it. It's all ready. I've got it here, so just sit here beside me and let's enjoy this meal together. And after we're finished, then you can bless me. Now, who would have thought that this simple, plain, kind man, Jacob, could have played his part so well. But his mother had put him up to it. She had encouraged him. And he did as she asked. Nevertheless, how could honest Jacob so easily say, I'm Esau, father. I'm your firstborn. I'm Esau. How could he say, I've done exactly what you told me to do, when he hadn't when he hadn't received any such command from his father. He was only doing what his mother told him to do. How could he say, eat of my venison, when he knew very well that it wasn't deer meat, it was goat meat. It was from the goats out behind the backyard, the herd of goats that that the family owned. Well, Isaac seemed a little hesitant because he asked his son, thinking this was really Esau now, Isaac said, well, how is it, son, that you bagged a deer so quickly? How is it that you got back so soon? You haven't been gone very long. Usually you're out hunting all day. Notice Jacob's answer. Oh, Father, I'm back so soon because the Lord, your God, brought the deer to me. Now he's done it. Now this is the climax to this horrible deception. For not only did Jacob deliberately lie to his father, but he brought God into this wicked, wicked scheme. Because he knew his father Isaac feared the Lord. And he believed that a reference like this to his father's God would have some weight with him. So you see, Jacob's sin, like all sin is progressive. One lie led to another. And in this cruel scheme, he lied one after the other until at last Jacob implicated God into it. He brought God into it. But Isaac seemed to still be a little skeptic. Something just didn't feel right. 
He really wanted to get everything right in this matter, bestowing a blessing on his firstborn. He wanted to be certain that this was really Esau that was here in his presence. And yet, he knew the divine prophecy that the patriarchal blessing was to descend upon Jacob. And it, but it seems like he was bound to, 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 to thwart God's purposes and yet support something amiss. So he said to Jacob, come over here, son. Or he said, yeah, to Jacob, come over here, son. Close, come close to me. I want to feel you. I want to, I just want to touch you. Just to make sure you are Esau and not Jacob. So Jacob went a little near. He went near enough to his father that Isaac could reach out and feel him. And Isaac said, well, your voice sounds like Jacob, but your hands and your arms feel like Esau. If only Isaac had trusted his own ears. You know, voices are not easily disguised. Voices are not easily counterfeited. Counterfeited. But Rebecca had worked out every detail very, very carefully. And Jacob's hands, covered with goatskins, deceived Isaac. He didn't pay any attention to the voice. He just kept on feeling and reaching out and feeling the arms and the hands of Jacob. Let's read verses 23 and 24. And he discerned him not. Because his hands were hairy as his brother's Esau's hands. And he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. You can tell that Isaac suspected something was wrong. But Rebecca, Rebecca knew Isaac very well. And she'd worked out every detail. And so at length, Isaac yielded to the power of the cheater. Because his hands were hairy, like his brother Esau's hands. Didn't even consider how easy it was to counterfeit these circumstances. So Isaac said, Son, bring the venom and the rest of the meal. Come over here close to me. Sit by my bed, son, so that we can eat together. And then I'll bless you. So they ate together. They drank wine together. And again Isaac said, just stay close to me, son. In fact, come so close that you could kiss me. So come over here and kiss me. And it seems Isaac is still a little hesitant. So Jacob bent down and he kissed his father. And Jacob said, oh, yes, you're my Esau. I smell of the field that you've been hunting in. The smell of the field is on you. You're my Esau. The fields with the, which the Lord has blessed and now Isaac proceeds to pronounce the blessing. And Jacob must have felt greatly, greatly relieved, greatly relaxed, because his mother's scheme had worked. Three things Jacob is blessed with. And let's just take a minute and look at the three things that Jacob blessed, uh, that Isaac blessed Jacob with. The first one was plenty. He said, heaven and earth concurring will make you rich, Jacob. 
The second was power. He said, particularly over your brethren, and namely, of course, over Esau and his family. Blessed in his preference. This was the third one. You're going to be blessed in the, in, in God's preference. Because he said, cursed be ever, ever were the one that curses you, and blessed be thou that bless you. But notice, these are all temporal blessings. And God had meant something spiritual in this blessing. First, God had meant that Jacob should come, should, that from Jacob should come the Messiah, who had have sovereign dominion over all the earth. Because he said, out of Jacob shall come he that has dominion. Jacob's dominion over Esau was to be only typical of this, that, that Jacob would have dominion over all the earth. And secondly, that from Jacob would come the church owned by God. Still, Isaac is a little hesitant. Doubt still lingers in his mind. Even after he had conferred this blessing on Jacob. And he asked once more. He said, Are you my very, very son Esau? And Jacob boldly said, Yes, yes I am. He lied again. And lying is a sin. In the book of Revelation 21.8, it's written that all liars will have their place where? In the lake of fire. And church, we're too much. I'm sorry. But we're too much in the habit of looking at lying as being harmless today. Oh, it's just a little white lie. God will forgive me. We have treated this much, much too commonly. The glistening... The softly spoken lies of our politicians today, even our friends, don't lie. Don't even think of any lie as harmless. Don't even think of a lie as being slight or unintended. They may be light. They may be accidental. We call them little white lies. But they're all very, very ugly and very evil and very cruel. And they come straight from the pits of hell. Well, the blessing's been given, and as soon as Jacob, as soon as Jacob gathered up all the drinks, the dirty dishes, and tidied up the room, he left. And no sooner had he left, he got out of there just in time. Here comes Esau. Here comes Esau into the down the hall to go into the bedroom. He's been out hunting. He's come back. And he's brought, he's, he's, he's brought his father's favorite meal. He's cooked it out there in the kitchen. Now he's bringing it to his father's bedside. And he said, let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that your soul may bless me. Now it seems that even though Esau has sold his birthright and the blessing that went with it to Jacob, it's obvious that what he's done has either been forgotten or hadn't sunk in or he just didn't care. Probably all three of those. And Isaac sat up in bed and he said, what? Who are you? And he said, well, father, don't you know I'm your son? I'm your older son Esau. I'm your firstborn. 
And Isaac trembled. We're told he trembled exceedingly. He's fearful over what he's just done. Now it sinks in and he said, well, who and where is he who has brought venison to me before you came in? And we ate it here together just a little while ago. And I blessed him after we finished eating. And he shall be blessed. Who was that? Who was that? What have I done? And when Esau heard this, he was very, very angry. He was very, very bitter. And he said to his father, Well, bless me anyway, father. Surely you got some blessings left. Surely you can do that, can't you? You see... Esau wanted the material part of the blessing, but he didn't care anything about the spiritual part. Now, Isaac realizes now that he's made a mistake, that it was Jacob, it wasn't Esau that he had blessed. And he said to Esau, your brother came to me and he lied about who he was. I've been deceived and he's taken away your blessing." And Esau said, well, he was surely named right, wasn't he? Jacob, Jacob the deceiver, Jacob the supplanter. And Nancy described, gave you the definition of a supplanter. And that's what Esau says. He was well named. He's a deceiver. That's what he's done. First he took away my birthright, and now he's taken away my blessing. Well, that wasn't true. Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. But he said, no, he took away my blessing. But, Father, haven't you still got a blessing for me? Well, now, first of all, the blessing went with the birthright. And only one son could inherit it. So Isaac's answer to Esau was this. Son, I've made him your Lord, and all of your brethren I've given to him to be his servants. And I've provided him with corn and wine, so... What shall I give to you, son? What do I have left to give to you? And Esau wept. Once again, remember, Esau wasn't interested in the true blessings. He wasn't interested in the spiritual blessings. He was only interested in the temporal blessings. And Isaac said to Esau, I'm so sorry, son. You have to live from the fat places of the earth. And from the dews of heaven, and you'll have to live by your sword. You'll have to fight for even that. And that proved to be true. Because the Edomites were the descendants of Esau. And they served Israel. They had to serve Israel for a hundred years. There was no blessing for Esau. And there's no blessing today for anyone who demeans Christ. And the price that Jesus paid on the cross for us. Well, needless to say, Esau hated Jacob. Let's read verses 41 through 44 as we conclude our lesson today. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of my mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself. He purposes to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, 
Arise, flee thou to Laban my brother and to Haran, and tarry with him a few days till thy brother's fury turn away. Well, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing his father had given to his brother. So Esau went in the way of Cain, who killed his brother Abel, before because Abel's sacrifice was blessed by God. Because his father was older now, Esau is going to pro- uh, wait until after he dies. He decided to just keep quiet while his father was still alive. Put off this intended murder until his father de- died. But despite this intended deception, Esau has no cause to hate Jacob. He knew that the prophecy had given the birthright to Jacob. And he well knew that his lifestyle didn't even warrant the blessings because he had no desire to be the priest of the family. No desire, in fact, for any of the things of God. None whatsoever. So his hatred was fueled by ungodliness fueled by ungodliness not by any imagined wrong it was just by his own ungodliness after my father dies I'm going to kill my brother Jacob and he must have he must have let this be known to some of his friends he must have whispered around who he thought were his friends or family some of his family because Rebecca heard about it again She's always got her ears open. Yeah. She seems to hear every conversation. Busybody. She heard about it. Sure, she went to Jacob and she warned him and she said, Your brother hates you. Your brother hates you and he's, he's making plans to kill you. So I think you should leave for a while. Go with your uncle. Go with my brother Laban, your uncle, in Haran. Obey me now. and He'll take care of you. You'll be safe there. It won't be for very long. Just until your brother cools down. Rebecca hoped that if Jacob for a while kept out of sight, Esau would soon forget about the whole occurrence. So she promised herself and she promised Jacob that Esau's anger would calm down, cool down with a little time. Then it would subside and be forgotten. So she sent Jacob away and she told Isaac that his son had gone to find a wife among their own kindred. So Jacob believed her. Uh, uh, Jacob did as his mother told him again. He left his father's house, but it wasn't for just a short time. That short time that she promised him turned out to be 25 years. And Rebecca never saw, she never saw Jacob again before she died. Jacob never saw his mother again. He found himself wandering out in the desert, ended up serving Laban for 21 years. And remember what he all went through to get a wife from Laban, deceived him just like he had deceived his brother. And these were very troublesome years for Jacob. So Rebecca paid dearly for her part in the deception, as well as did Jacob. She lost her favorite son. For as far as we know, she never saw him again. And Esau was not the kind of a son who would come to his mother and comfort her. So she lost both sons. No good. Church, no good ever comes from doing evil. For the Lord God is a God of judgment. And nothing is going to pass by. Jacob 
would have been happy if he'd waited for God's promises. And he might have enjoyed the birthright if with, without any consequences if he'd waited on God. But he didn't wait on God. He, 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 he believed his mother. He followed his mother's orders. He didn't wait on God. He was unbelieving. He was un, impatient. So let us wait on God, church, and he'll do for us what is best. It's not always what we want. At least it's not the way we want it or the time we want it. But we don't know. God's ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our ways. We don't know. We are finite creatures and he is God. So let's always, always just ask God, please help me to wait on you, God. And Holy Spirit, you lead me. You guide me. You direct me. I don't want to follow my own feelings. That needs to be a prayer for all of us. Get up in the morning and pray all day long. Especially in these times, these perilous times. Trust in the Lord and he will direct your paths. I have that on my window in the kitchen over my sink. And I read it every morning when I enter my kitchen. Trust in the Lord and he will direct your paths. He knows the path that you should take. You don't. I don't. Because Isaiah tells us Isaiah 30:18 tells us blessed are all they who wait for him who wait for him wait on the lord and he will direct your path any comments i have to have, i have a question so the guy's blind apparently um isaac doesn't see well he's dim well, he's old so I know as we lose hearing and things like that, other things pick up. Uh, and I'm just curious how he didn't notice the venison from the goat. Because she had prepared it with the same, same kind spices of spices that that uh, that, e- e- that Esau. Well, the spices can. Yeah. The spices can change it and make it. It made she made it taste just like that. I'm just, just curious that maybe. I trust you've eaten venison meat. I have. I have. Have you eaten goat meat? I have never had goat meat. Yeah. <laughs> you can make them taste about the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take your word on it. And, and, and that's, that, that, that's what she did, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this lesson. I pray that it has stirred something deep within our hearts and awakened us. It's given us an epiphany and awakened us to this time of our lives and this time in, in, in the world that is so filled with lies and manipulations and deceptions all covered over with um, glossy kinds of kind words and things like, like Jacob even brought God into this whole thing oh God I pray that you would give us Clear minds, Father God, to follow hard after you. Each day, the beginning of the day, the beginning of the day, the first words that we would would come out of our mouths would be, Oh, Jesus, lead me, guide me, direct me, order my steps and order my day that I might not sin against you. Let that be our desire, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.